This is the Ned Group Investments Podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up-to-date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Balanced Perspective, where we look to discuss the major financial and economic themes taking shape both globally and here in South Africa. My name is David Levinson of Ned Group Investments, and as usual, I'm joined by Ian Power, the Chief Investment Officer of Truffle Asset Management. Ian, thank you for joining us again this morning. Morning, David, and morning to everyone on the call. Fantastic. I think, uh, Ian, I did steal from the classic Spaghetti Western in the title for today's session, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And I think that really tries to, I tried to capture what's happened in South Africa, particularly over the course of the last month. So um, I guess the good is we've seen a fair amount of economic reform, decent movement in terms of the clampdown on corruption. A lot was made at our fund manager workshop of the increase in renewable energy production in terms of embedded energy from one megawatt to a stunning 100 megawatts. And then in terms of the bad, we continue to battle a structurally high unemployment, particularly in the youth. And this probably spilled over very much into the ugly, which was the looting and the unrest that we saw about three weeks ago across KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. And within that, there's a microcosm of the good, the bad and the ugly as well. Um, in terms of the ugly, the potential sort of sinister cooperation amongst political agents, the bad is the opportunistic criminality. And then the good, I think, is the, the coming together of, of communities really rallying around um, their homes and their shopping malls in the areas, not just during the riots, but in the wake of them as well. So, Ian, I want to take as kind of a broad view for my first question here. We did see three weeks ago the RAND uh, come under quite a fair amount of pressure when the looting and the rioting did kick off. It subsequently uh, reversed some of those losses and it was roughly back to where it was. A bit of risk on risk of sentiment has played out across the globe over the last two weeks. But what we saw three weeks ago in terms of the looting and the unrest, has that affected your macro view of South Africa in any way and its investment proposition? Yeah, I guess in terms of the guidance for the discussion I was going to host with Ian is, is his views around the economic prospects for South Africa, as well as the investment prospects in the wake of, of the looting that we saw three weeks ago. I know that his colleague Saul, who presented our fund manager workshop, kind of pulled back some of his positive rhetoric on South Africa. But what we have seen after the riots was, um, which was quite stunning to myself, is a recovery, not just in the RAND, but in some of the stocks that would have been most affected. I mean, we've heard a lot about the likes of your shop rights and particularly your Pepcor when up to about 10% of their, their stores were potentially looted, that their share price has obviously dipped initially, but then regained some of those losses and is back to where it ended off, or at least where it started off the month of July. Another thing I was looking to discuss with Ian as well is what the international community's view of South Africa could be. So we saw the likes of MassMart, for example, come under incredible amount of pressure after the looting and how, what this might affect the thinking of a Walmart or at least an owner based in the US for South Africa's risk reward prospects and do they continue with assets like this. There are a few anomalies over the course of the last month. I think the banking sector is, is marginally where it started. Insurance is slightly down. Property is a little bit down as well in the vicinity of about three to five percent but the retailers are roughly back where they started and i'm getting a thumbs up that ian is potentially back online so yeah uh, there were two anomalies in south africa which i picked up from a share point of view and that was uh, liberty up 30 percent. that's on the back of some merger or at least takeover talks between liberty and, and standard bank and then another one was Imperial, and Imperial has been the talk of an acquisition from DP World or Dubai Port, I think it stands for, uh, which is a kind of, I guess the wheels in motion for that have been going on for some time, but whether that speaks to or whether their views might have changed looking in South Africa all the way from the Middle East as an investment proposition. But Ian, I can see your face now. I'm hoping I can hear your voice. So I don't know if I finished my last point, but just to say that from a 
a right perspective, we can expect a deteriorating fiscal backdrop. In other words, more government social support, which I think creates those long-term concerns and, and perhaps increased risk premium from a foreign perspective around the sustainability of the level of government expenditure given the pressure on our, on our tax and our fiscus. So I think that, that really just to conclude that, I think in terms of your, your question around local optical value and opportunities, I think you, you are right. And we've certainly been in the press highlighting the fact that SA assets are, are looking certainly versus their history. And I think that's really been evident in some corporate activity that we've seen. Uh, in the space. And I mean, you've mentioned Standard Bank taking out the portion of Liberty that they don't own, uh, as well as the fact that we've seen uh, Imperial being taken out by a big US company. So I think the the valuations of SA assets are are not expensive and are discounting quite a lot of uh, bad news. And I think that margin of safety is positive. And I think it is well for longer, higher, longer term returns for our investors uh, notwithstanding all the issues. But I think from a country perspective, you know, we really do need to start to accelerate reforms, um, increase the, the level of growth so that we can decrease this very high level of unemployment to, to reduce a lot of those uh, social risks. And we think, you know, that could potentially catalyze the opportunity to extract uh, quite a lot of value in these underpriced SA assets. Thanks so much, Ian. Yeah, we did lose you for the bulk of, the, of that question, but I think you've summed it up quite nicely at the end there. One thing that has been spoken about a lot at typical fund manager style uh, report backs is obviously the, the strength of the commodity space here in South Africa and that's supporting our current account. But I want to move a little bit away from that conversation, which is, like I said, be going on for some time and look at maybe the SA retailers, the likes of your ShopRite, your Woolworths, uh, Pick and Pay, even your Mr. Prices and your Pepcor, et cetera. I made the comment when I think you were offline how these share prices actually are back where they started the month of July, despite that initial dip after the rising. Has the has that correction surprised you somewhat? Because I imagine the costs of, of the looting will take weeks, if not months, to repair the damage. So I think from a financial point of view, many of these companies would have been insured, uh, not just for their premises, but also for loss of profits. So I think from a sort of an impact on the bottom line perspective, that is not really a big issue. I think in terms of the rebuild, uh, particularly from KZN, that's probably going to take uh, quite a bit of time. But, you know, certainly the companies will not suffer financially uh, because of their insurance. And I think there's been, you know, statements in the media to the effect that your payments or the payouts for for damage will will be accelerated. So I think that's a positive. And I think you know, also, you must remember your your opening comments, I think, are relevant in the sense that prior to the looting and that the domestic economy had certainly recovered quite nicely from COVID, it had delivered a resilient performance. And I think you were seeing that across many of our SA corporates in terms of their results. So, you know, we had seen much better numbers coming through from uh, generally most of the sectors, including some of those retailers that you, that you mentioned. So I think there was already... Uh, a reasonable level of uh, economic uh, momentum from the recovery that was building. And, you know, I don't think it was really a surprise that the share prices have have moved up. But having said that, I think the bigger question is really what you said at the outset is, you know, the long-term uh, risk premium for South Africa, you know, are investors reconsidering 
the underlying riskiness of South Africa or investing in South Africa, given what we witnessed. And I think that we will only see, um, you know, over the months and years that lie ahead. But I think we can expect many of those businesses notwithstanding the riots to deliver pretty decent earnings updates. You spoke a little bit about the corporate actions. So, you know, Liberty being absorbed by, by Standard Bank and that share price came under pressure. We had Nedbank like to like to follow the Nedbank and the banking sector share prices, but the others all seem to have recovered roughly where they left off. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, MassMart being owned by Walmart. So I'm interested to get your views on what an American investor might view of South Africa. Um, like you say, I think it's probably something that will play out more over the long term. And then you do hold Imperial and DP World have have their sights on that stock as well. So maybe some some extra comments there on, on a global view looking into South Africa as its investment prospect. So David, I think, you know, obviously for us, when we're living through a, a traumatic event like what we witnessed, you know, two weeks ago, uh, you know, it's obviously scary and, um, you know, leaves leaves one with, with, with lots of uh, feelings of um, uneasiness and uh, I guess, you know, fear. But the reality is from a global investor's perspective, particularly those that invest in emerging markets, uh, you know, some of the comments that we got back is, you know, these type of events tend to happen and they they can be sporadic, but they do happen. And if you just look across many emerging markets and in fact, some other developed markets, you know, there have been lots of, uh, you know, there's been social unrest and I mean, maybe, you know, not to the level and the extent of damage that we saw. But I think, you know, generally it's one of the things when you're investing in emerging markets is risks are higher, uh, but then so are the returns. So I think from a foreign perspective, you know, when foreigners look at our market, they're looking at a market where we've, you know, got relatively high levels of, of infrastructure and they can use uh, South Africa or those SA assets as, you know, potentially a springboard in Imperial's case, you know, into developing the rest of their African strategy. So I think, you know, Still, it is a, a attractive destination from a, a global investment point of view and not just from an SA point of view, but in terms of the access that it gives those companies into the broader African geography north of our borders. And I think, you know, also speaks to perhaps the quality of some of those assets in uh, those underlying businesses, for example, in Imperial, which we've sort of spoken about. From the rest of the SA opportunity set, I think, you know, Standard Bank looking at the balance of Liberty, I think that really has been a transaction that's been coming. We've been holders of Liberty in the portfolio, so we had a nice 30% plus uplift in that stock. And they're still buying it at quite a chunky discount to embedded value. But the reality is it was it was too cheap. And I think they're sort of cleaning up their own portfolio and their own structure. And we think, uh, you know, a sensible transaction for them and for Liberty shareholders. Thanks, Ian. So we get uh, we got an email yesterday from the company telling us about the petrol price increases. And I guess we keep a close eye on what that means for the likes of inflation, but also in terms of the South African consumer and how much potential pressure they're under. Because I know we've spoken a little bit about some of the retail stocks of your, I know you guys do hold the likes of Woolworths, which I think was almost 100 Rand a few years ago, where it dipped below 30. And I think it's roughly now sort of 50, mid 50 range, somewhere around there. So maybe just some, some parting comments on the health of the SA consumer and how this may feed into how one could expect these companies to perform uh, during the remainder of the year. So I think, you know, you've, you've very much got a bifurcated, I guess, view of consumer health. So you've got the bottom end consumers, which have been surprisingly resilient, uh, notwithstanding the impact of uh, COVID. And we think, uh, you know, to a large extent, that has been because of the state support and the state grants. 
Uh, and you've seen that come through in the likes of uh, performances from some of those uh, retailers, you know, ShopRite's, um, you know, even the likes of a cash build and Itzeltal and Pep's numbers were, you know, pretty good. And I think that really talks to uh, the health of that space. And I think really underpinned by the state support. And then right at the top end, I think, you know, the, the top LSN consumers uh, also relatively undergeared. If you look at the SA consumer debt to disposable income and generally debt levels have come down quite a lot. So consumers have quite a lot of capacity on their balance sheets to spend. But I think the big issue right now is the confidence uh, in terms of that. And I think, well, you know, what you've seen over the last two weeks would have certainly put a big dent into people's confidence. And perhaps if there were uh, big investment projects or, or um, you know, in terms of new building or renovations and stuff, you know, perhaps people put that on hold for a while. But, you know, generally the, uh, the consumer, if you look at the consumer's balance sheet, it looks better. And I think to the extent that the state is going to continue to have a transfer of wealth to the bottom LSM uh, in the sense of what we think is a is a basic income grant which is coming you know should underpin the health of that space as well and then finally our vaccination program is accelerating and we you know really need to to use the next 6 months into our summer to make a big dent in terms of getting our population vaccinated and i think that lays the foundation for 2022, when we could see a proper recovery um, in the services sector and some of the other areas of our economy, which were very, very hard hit by COVID. Thank you so much, Ian. Apologies for those tech issues. I know we, we're out of time. I also have it on good authority on Avid Rock Climber, and I know the Olympic rock climbing teed off about 15 minutes ago. So stick the kettle on, stick the telly on, um, and watch that in the background as you do your work for today. But thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the rest of your day further. Thanks, David. And thanks for everyone uh, who took the time to join the call this morning. Great. Cool. So technology issues aside, apologies, you had to hear my voice a little bit more than Ian's this morning. I'm usually scribbling away a few keynotes, but I didn't really have the, <laughs> the capacity to do so this morning. But I think the public grants will continue to support the South African consumer, despite the pressure we're coming under. The interesting thing is, I think, in terms of foreign investors looking inward into South Africa, I think their, their point of view as an investment proposition will probably be realized in a month or two's time. And then the vaccine rollout, Ian had a parting comment there at the end, seems to be being a little bit more progressive here in SA. And let's hope that the third uh, wave that we've seen really does uh, whittle down and we can be get back to economic growth and lower that youth unemployment, which was maybe a big reason behind what we saw in KZN um, and Gauteng three weeks ago. So from myself and... Uh, the tech team here and Ian and Joe Berg, thank you so much for joining us this morning and take care. Negroup Collective Investments is an authorised collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. Negroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit negroupinvestments.co.za.